right. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Beyond the Device. The wonderful Kyle Lonzak hanging out with us today from Ram Mounts. We're going to be talking to you about uh, the Canadian ELD mandates and what is uh, similar to what happened in the U.S. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Canadian ELD. We're going to talk about the dates, uh, again, the similarities, but also to some of the differences. Uh, it's not 100% across the board the exact same thing. Uh, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the mistakes that people made uh, so that you guys don't have to repeat those. So without further ado, um, Kyle, could you just give us a quick background for those of you who don't know you, just a quick introduction on yourself, what you do at RAM, and then we're going to jump right into uh, the, the Canadian ELD mandate in the upcoming 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Reed, for having me. Uh, my name is Kyle Lonzak, Business Development Manager for Transportation and Logistics here at RAM Mounts. I've been with RAM for close to 11 years now. Uh, my primary focus over that 10 years has been in transportation logistics. I uh, was actually a truck driver prior to coming to RAM. Uh, so I've got a lot of hours, a lot of miles logged within the cab of a truck and understanding how people work with it. Uh, and you know, also the implementation, the use of the devices nowadays uh, that are being mandated into the uh, cab of vehicles. So excited to be here and excited to get to talk with you about what we've got going for the Canadian ELD mandate. Awesome. And then what is the official date that you have to be compliant? And if you're not, boom, you get fined. What is that official date? Right now, it's slated for June 12th, 2021 is the cutoff date for when you have to be compliant. Uh, and essentially what that means is that if you're not compliant and you get pulled over and inspected by an officer, um, that you would be subject to that vehicle being grounded, um, being held there without being able to move unless paper logs are able to be identified at that point as a backup. Uh, and your company would also be subject to fines. Uh, those fines can vary depending on the severity of, you know, what the officer finds. But uh, long story short on it is downtime, which means loads aren't moving, which means companies losing money. So it's mm -hmm. something that nobody wants to have to deal with. Yeah, well, actually, and that's a great that's a great thing to bring up. It's not I think everyone who focuses on the fine and that's like, well, you just pay a fine, whatever. And it's like, no, 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 you, you're out of you're out of commission. So you actually are down a vehicle. So it's not just the fine, it's all of the revenue that you would have coming in from a logistics perspective from that uh, that vehicle being out of, out of commission. Um, what's something that, what's like the, just anecdotally, like what's like a really bad fine? Are we talking 10 bucks or are we talking like way bigger? No, it's uh, my understanding it's in the thousands of dollars is what you would be fined for not being compliant. Um, considering that it's something that's put in place to help keep drivers and really the public safe also uh, for being able to monitor, you know, the drivers' miles or hours of service, uh, keeping them within the regulated allotment, you know, that they're given per day and make sure that they're taking their breaks, um, you know, because ultimately we want everybody to be safe. And that's what this is all about is making sure that drivers are able to haul their freight as quickly as legally possible, um, but also that they are attentive and able to correct when, you know, heaven forbid, somebody pulls right in front of them, you know, that they're awake and alert and, you know, and haven't been driving for so long that they're not able to react to situations. So, you know, it's in the best interest for not only the trucking companies, but the general public to make sure that, you know, these rules are being followed. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, you're an expert in this space in a big way. You actually used to do this for a living as well. Help educate, you know, us a little bit more about what the what the mandate, uh, like what what that mandate actually means. So you got the ELD, the electronic logging device, but that's like the first of many 
acronyms uh, along with other things that people need to be aware of. And I think one of the one of the benefits to talking to an expert like yourself is you kind of get the vernacular and you hear the talking points and you kind of become like a mini expert as a virtue of your expertise and listening. So what can you tell us? How can you make us little mini experts, little mini Kyles uh, and the ELD, the Canadian ELD movement? What do we need to be aware of? It's not just the electronic logging device of what's in the cab. It's much it's much further past that, correct? Yeah, totally. And so, you know, what a lot of people are used to and what's getting away from is doing everything on paper. So for what I used to do, you know, getting out to my vehicle in the morning, doing a, a, a vehicle inspection report or DVIR, that would all be done on a paper log that'd be kept with me and turned in at the end of the day to my supervisor. Um, so they know that I inspected my vehicle, you know, you do a walk around to make sure that the vehicle's, you know, up to date, uh, tire, tire pressure, brakes, you know, all those things before you take off. Um, that's now being done digitally on a device. So you have the ability to take a tablet or a phone uh, with the appropriate software and be able to walk around your vehicle. Um, some companies go as far as actually telematics providers go as far as providing asset tags. Uh, so when you go to a location, you scan a barcode, for instance, and that will check off the fact that you physically have been to that location and looked and it allows you to make notes that immediately goes back to the shop. Um, so it's about speeding up these processes. And then also throughout the day when you get done, you know, you're tracking your miles that you've driven, the hours in which you drove. And then again, that paperwork would be handed into the supervisor at the end of your shift. Um, that now, and obviously paper, you know, things get lost, water gets spilled, things get fudged. And, you know, we need to get away from that and make sure that everything is as accurate as possible. We live in a very precise digital age. Um, so there's no reason why this information shouldn't be made digital, made precise, and is up to the minute, you know, as possible for where people are, what is their condition, tying into the vehicles, you know, a lot of these devices through the telematic provider software are tying the vehicle so you can see engine speed, vehicle speed, you know, how long the motor's been idling, what their current fuel consumption is, all these different things that go into the overall or overarching telematics and the purpose of that uh, to be able to allow for fleets to make better decisions, things that can help save them money, um, you know, but also allocate resources where needed, where they know are going to be profitable. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so one of the, so you talked a little bit about at the very beginning, you mentioned something about getting past the cab. Can you, and I, you gave some of those examples. What are some specifics that you can give where it's like, if you're, let's so you were talking about logging information about the device. Like if I have a leak, let's say I see something coming out of the truck that yeah. shouldn't be there. Yeah. yeah. How, what, it, what is that exact workflow? You're on a, like uh, just any tablet. Is there like a specific like, like models you can show us or something you can demo just to kind of give us an idea of what that would look like? Totally. So um, I do have a model here. One of the more popular devices is Samsung's Tab Active 2. Um, it's an 8-inch rugged tablet, and we make a cradle uh, to be able to hold that and mount it inside the vehicle. The cradle provides power to it, uh, is rugged, lightweight, durable. Um, one of the other cool things that we do is we actually make a case to go around the Tab Active 2, and on the back of that case, we can put our hand strap. So myself as a driver, if I'm walking around to do my inspection report, now I have hands to be able to check things on the vehicle. I can inspect. This tablet happens to have a pen so I can do markings or take notes or something. Um, but also when I'm done, I can submit this inspection report back to the mechanic or back to the shop. So if there's something that's a need like, hey, I happen to have a headlight out. You know, they can submit that work order immediately, have that part picked. So when I walk back to the shop to go grab it, I don't have to wait 
for that process on paper to take place. That work order has already been generated from the tablet. It's been sent digitally. It's all tracked. Work order's cut. The mechanic goes, grabs a part, boom, you're off and rolling. Um, so things like that, you know, allow the job to be much easier. Um, we have a version of this hand strap that actually has a magnetic backer to it. Um, mm -hmm. So you can actually put the tablet onto, you know, steel surfaces and have the tablet held so you can be completely hands-free when it's doing true, things. Yeah, truly hands-free there. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a, a really cool device. We make, you know, many variations of this form-fit cradle. The Tab Act is a, a great tablet. We see a lot of business done with this particular device. Um, so it's something we have a lot of different options for depending on, you know, customer requirements, you know, whether it's locking, non-locking power, charging power and data, if you need to plug in and a peripheral, a um, lot of different accessories and options to support that. Very cool. And I think uh, when I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there is a, a tablet that uh, I think they pulled the light source off. And, and I think this goes to speak again. I've said this in, the, in previous podcasts about you guys, the thoughtfulness of your design. But did you not include an external light on one of the cases in order to overcome that issue? So that way the tablet, which is still a great uh, tablet for the low cost point of the ELD mandate, even though it doesn't have a light on it, you guys were able to overcome that. I think that's that's something for sure to call out. Yeah, so um, a couple of the new tablets, the Tab A line, so the Tab A 8.0 2019, Tab A 8.4 that were released earlier this year, um, both, you know, great light-duty tablets. One of the drawbacks on them, though, is they actually don't have a flash. So if you have people that are doing inspection reports or something at night in the dark um, or need to be able to get into dark areas, there's no way to illuminate that. So we are releasing a case here soon that looks identical to what this IntelliSkin NextGen is. Uh, but essentially what we've done is we have built a custom circuit board that pulls power from the battery of the tablet and will illuminate a set of LEDs that will be located on the back. There will be a power button on the front, similar to what you'd see on a flashlight, for instance. So you're able to just click on, it'll illuminate, and then you'd be able to inspect or see no different than a light that's on your phone or other tablets that different manufacturers make, including Samsung. Um, so we're going to be coming out with it for the Tab A 8.0 2018 and the Tab A 8.4 uh, first, those will be the first two models that we release it for. But, um, you know, just again, you know, listening to customer feedback and uh, adapting our product line in Teleskin Next Gen, customizing it, coming out with something that is groundbreaking. There's not another product on the market that has an integrated flashlight into the case. Um, mm. So that product is going to be available here in the next few weeks. Uh, very excited to have that come into market and uh, definitely looking forward to being able to get that in people's hands to have them evaluate it and, and tell us what they think. Very cool. Um, what are so? What are some of the some of the new solutions that exist? Uh, that you can talk just to kind of at a high level to give us like little teasers about uh, that would be available for the Canadian ELD mandate that weren't available for the U.S. mandate. So you guys made some uh, significant improvements to dovetail off of putting a light on a case and the thing you were just talking about. So what else can you tell us about uh, some of the advancement you guys have done? Yeah, so I hit on the Tab Active 2 cradle first. That's a new cradle for this year, uh, replacing a legacy version we have. So we're very excited about this new version. Really, one of the big differences is that it does have a cavity in the back of it built in, so you can fit the tablet with the hand strap on it. Uh, that's new to, to that particular cradle. Um, another docking station we have for 8-inch and 10-inch tablets, this is a form-fit cradle called our Tough Docks. Um, it has a uh, lever on top or a door, if you will, that if you lift up, 
You can easily remove the tablet out of the dock. Uh, we have a built-in cooling fan option. So in the summer months, um, you know, if you need to uh, or you're worried, concerned about, you know, the lithium-ion batteries and the tablets getting too hot, uh, we have a 12-volt cooling fan that helps circulate air and pass air through the cavity in the back. Uh, again, the cavity is built so on the back of the Intel skin. If you're using your hand strap, it's already built into the dock to be able to hold it. Um, so insertion, very easy into the dock to be able to hold that. Um, yeah. So that's a new product for 2020. Um, this particular one is for the Tab A 8.4. But um, we have also developed IntelliSkin next gens for Tab E 8.0. Uh, this was kind of the very beginning. This was the real first tablet that really got everybody involved in ELD. Um, so again, this next generation of IntelliSkin product line um, what's really cool about this is that the next-gen style allows you to be able to fit multiple generations of tablets within the same dock without having to modify or adjust the dock at all. So if I line up that connector on top and shut the dock, that's a Tab E that was first. This is a Tab A 8.0 2018, and I can take the Tab A 8.4 and all put them within the same cradle. Um, thanks. The reason why is because thanks to our new Delta Triangular Locator on top, this uh -huh. now makes our top cup universal for different tablets gotcha. so now if you're a fleet that has a mix of tablet generations you don't have to be worried about buying specific cradles for every generation of tablet because some tablets have micro b connectors some have type c some are located on top some are on bottoms buttons are on the left buttons are on the right um, so they're constantly changing but now that series of dock uh, allows you to be able to put multiple generations of tablets in uh, yeah, I think that goes to show, not to cut you up, I think it goes to show again, like the thoughtfulness of your design and the taking the feedback from uh, customers. I can imagine that not a lot of people want to do rip and replace. That's a very expensive yeah. uh, headache to get into. Um, so real quick, what else? So I, we've talked a little bit about the new product. We've, you know, I, at the very top, I was mentioning that I wanted to get into uh, the, the, you know, the, the things that did not work well. Yeah. And so what did we do here in the U.S. Uh, poorly? when it came to our ELD mandate that we could have done better um, to make sure that it's like, hey, if you're doing this, whether you're in customer, you're in the reseller market, whoever's listening to this podcast, it's like, what can you, what can you share? What advice can you give us and them as well so that, so that we don't make those same mistakes? Because as we were saying before we started recording, it's like if you can, you can learn from your own mistakes, you should be learning from your own mistakes. But if you can learn from somebody else's, that's a really valuable trait to boast and totally. also save a lot of time and, and money and headache. So what can you give us as far as like uh, that, 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 that background is, you know, what we could have done better that to make sure that nobody else makes those mistakes or hopefully doesn't make those mistakes? Yeah, I think probably the biggest that stands out was that I saw a lot of companies wait to start their testing of different telematics or software providers. Because um, really, that's the first step in implementing a telematics or ELD solution. The proof of it's, concept, yeah. Yeah, the proof of concept and finding what software is going to work best for your use case and tie in with your system. Um, and so what we saw a lot of people do, because it is a big investment for any company to move away, um, you know, you've taken a lot of drivers that are very used to doing things the old school way and having to teach them to do it in a new way. You know, there's a lot of pushback from people moving over to this digital, more fast paced style of uh, gathering and transferring of information and data. Yeah, uh, the training. Training is a big thing. I mean, it's huge. Uh, yeah, and like making sure that people feel empowered with the new technology and that they don't feel like they're being left behind. That's a big deal. 
Big time. I mean, the the driver workforce is aging. There's reports all over the place that you know the the age of the average driver is very high. Um, you know, and so the uh, the the retirement rate is extremely high. The turnover rate of drivers is extremely high, and you're not getting that backfill of new drivers coming in. And so, when you're implementing technology, things that appeal to the younger generations, you know, this is how you can help or you know want people to come in and, and start becoming getting into this industry of truck driving, um, of putting you know a new fancy device in front of them that they're able to to work with. Um, training is a huge part of it, like you said. I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of drivers you'd take a day or multiple days to pull them off the road and put them into a shop so they can sit down and learn how to interact with these devices. You know, there's time spent on the road where they're watching how-to videos or calling customer support. So uh, the I'd say the biggest thing was for companies to get ahead of the date. Don't wait to the last couple months to finally start looking into it. Take your time, do your homework, reach out to the different providers, figure out what your options are, start that proof of concept, um, and, and really be in a good place prior to the deadline. Again, June 12th is what it's set for right now, 2021. Um, so that way, if you do have to pivot and you do have to change, maybe a different provider, different device, different uh, mounting company, uh, you have time to be able to react and you're not right up against the wall. Uh, yeah. We saw a lot of people that were scrambling at the last minute you know, to just implement anything just to make sure that they were compliant and that they weren't hitting those fines that we were talking about earlier. Um, and some people found success with that. Most didn't because it wasn't what they really needed. So again, the, the biggest well, thing that I'd that, say is, is figuring no, out. So, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say, okay. get in a rip and replace. That's one of the things I was going to talk about was when you wait the last minute, um, and I sound like my mother right now. <laughs> it's the last minute to do everything. But if you wait to the last minute, like you really, if you if you have to rush to put something in, it's like that old expression: haste makes waste. And it is really true. And then you do get into this, you know, the situation of rip and replace because you're having to physically remove or you know retrain somebody completely because you, yeah. you rolled out the wrong software. So definitely start, uh, you know, proof of concept in 2020 for 2021 is not a bad idea uh, to start testing this stuff now. And actually, one other thing too that, uh, that you've mentioned in the past uh was scheduling uh the the installation services and so it's you know it's not just that you've made the decision it's like all right we're gonna use this device it's like it has to get into the vehicle so you have to have it installed and if you've got like multiple vehicles to hundreds of thousands of trucks or vehicles yeah. or whatever you're doing in transportation that requires eld that could be that could be a 30-day at least project so if, you, if you're waiting until may to make a decision on this you could find yourself in a really bad uh, situation, which is what we saw some organizations here in the U.S. do. So, uh, don't do that. That's, that's definitely something we don't we don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, take, no, take my mother's advice and do not wait. <laughs> no, you bring up a great point on that. Is that uh, you know some fleets find it that they will do the installations themselves in their own shops. Not everybody has that accessibility, so they'll hire a third party to do it. Now, obviously, you're probably not the only fleet that's searching for an installation company, and you have to vet those and make sure that you have a reputable company coming in to get to your trucks. And things that we saw, you know, just the scheduling of getting a vehicle off the road into a location or having it sit idle for somebody to come on and be able to install it, you really only get one shot at this. There's not going to be a chance, you know, quickly to get it back to be able to do it again because they're all over the place. Um, so that's a big one. You, you're absolutely right. I mean, making sure that you're ahead of that time frame, making sure that you've thought about not only the testing, not only the software, but the requirement, you have to have the device mounted. 
that is legally required. So you have to have some sort of amount to be able to help hold that device. Do you know what device you're going to use and do you know what mount you're going to be mounting and charging it with? Um, so just making sure you got all those bases covered before you get to that end date. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We definitely want to want to avoid any any further issue. And this can seem like a daunting task. And so if you're looking for help in, uh, you know, how to execute on this, by all means, you know, reach out to us, uh, either, you know, guys like Kyle at, at RAM, uh, myself here at 3i, there's all kinds of uh, people that are you know, available for your support should you need it. Uh, don't think that you're doing this alone. And like I said, because the U.S. already went through this, we know a lot of what to do and what not to, uh, what not to being probably the, the more important of the thing of the two. But um, specifically, I know we've talked about Samsung a lot. You've mentioned a couple of their products a, a decent amount, but you guys do a lot of work past just uh, Samsung. You're, you yes. work within the OtterBox universe, case uh, universe, if you want yeah. to be super redundant and call it that, uh, Zebra, those types of things. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I want I want people to realize that while this is around the Canadian ELD, you guys go pretty further, pretty uh, significantly further than just inside the cab and the workflow of the truck. I mean, you get into logistics, warehousing, forklifts, all kinds of stuff. So can you just give us a little bit of background on that and where it, where it's like the connected tissue is to ELD? And then uh, we can come back for some closing statements. Totally. Yeah. So the, the flip side of what I focus on is, is the logistics side. So warehousing, a lot of manufacturing. Um, so we see a lot of different devices, Zebra, Honeywell, Panasonic, um, you know, obviously Samsung, Apple is in there as well, um, that we make either IntelliSkins for or form fit charging cradles. Uh, we see a lot, you know, with the explosion of uh, you know, not just Amazon, but the like, and a lot of, you know, different delivery services, um, you know, you have to do that proof of delivery. Maybe there's a signature capture. They have to be able to take a picture. Um, those are being done on you know, ruggedized phones or ruggedized handhelds, you know, uh, that that needs to be done, brought back to the vehicle, put into a charging cradle and charge. Cause obviously there's a high demand on that battery when you're using turn by turn navigation, you have signature capture taking place, full screen brightness throughout the day. You're on LTE connected with the device. So there's a high demand. So we overcome that with a series of different charging cradles, uh, both locking, non-locking, different styles of chargers. So whether it's temporary, you got a lot of people that are renting vehicles nowadays or leasing, um, you know, from different rental companies. So maybe they can't drill into the vehicle or they can't install a hardwire charger. Great, we have a cigarette lighter plug. They will plug right into the auxiliary port for you to be able to charge off of. Um, we have suction cup mounts, mounts that fit in your cup holders, mounts that come off the floor that use existing hardware to attach. Um, there's a myriad of different options that we have to be able to get into vehicles both temporarily and more permanently, depending on what the use case is. Um, so, you know, whatever that requirement is, just reach out. Let us know what it is, what you're looking at. Uh, we have a, a large catalog of offerings, you know, to really cover any device in any environment. And, uh, you know, would be happy to talk to anybody about that and show you what we have. Awesome. And, and again, th you know, three, I can help in here too. We, we ship to Canada. Uh, so this is a great opportunity for not only our, our uh, Canadian partners, North of the border here, but even uh, you know the partners here in the U.S. that are selling in the Canadian markets. Uh, great opportunity here with the Canadian ELD mandate, and we're looking at a couple. It's not millions of vehicles like it was in the U.S., but you're look, looking at, I mean, a couple hundred thousand uh, at least. And so there's a there's a great opportunity here, uh, and then also uh, uh, to get ahead of uh, you know, like I said there earlier, with some of the issues that we've seen in the U.S. is you know that like uh, installing things at the very last minute and all kinds of other 
issues we're trying to help people avoid. So uh, with that, uh, that kind of brings us to the uh, closing segment here. Do you have anything you want to add at the very end uh, regarding either some of the stuff we talked about, like with logistics, warehousing, ELD? I mean, we covered a ton. Yeah, um, uh, just kind of to, to rehash, you know, Ram Mounts been around for nearly 30 years now. Um, we play in all different spaces, so it's not just in the cab, you know, talk about the warehouse, talk about in-office, talk about the retail front. Uh, anywhere something would need to be held or be mounted, you know, think of us as a provider to be able to help you know, get you solutions. Um, so please utilize myself or RAM as a resource. Uh, Reed or 3i is a resource, a tremendous partner of ours. Um, so please let us know how we can help out in providing you, you know, products that are built in the U.S., lifetime warranty products and things that really stand the test of time. So uh, we look forward to the opportunity to be able to, to partner with and help solve any issues you might have. Awesome. Mr. Kyle Lonzak, thank you so much uh, for joining us today for another episode of Beyond the Device. I, uh, I always enjoy speaking with you. You're an awesome guy, and it's always an educational experience. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening or for watching. I hope you learned something I know. I always do when I'm with you. If you have any questions, uh, reach out to us at sales at 3itech.com. That's sales at the number 3, E-Y-E-T-E-C-H.com. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you on the internet. Cheers. Thank you.